Let's just bow our heads together. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to be here. We're so grateful to um, commence this week of prayer at Fountain View Academy. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege of sharing your word. Um, I want to pray that uh, you will send your Holy Spirit to guide us. May the spirit that inspired the writers of old to record scripture, may that same spirit teach us tonight and throughout this week. Uh, Lord, I know that uh, in me there is not this ability to communicate your truth, but it is only because of your spirit that this is possible. And so I ask that you'll be with us in a very special way, that you will speak to us, for I pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say, Amen. Amen. All right, so turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Now, we're going to get into Romans chapter 1, but I want to start our time together in the book of Acts. Go to the very last chapter of the book of Acts, and that is, does anyone know how many chapters the book of Acts has? 28. Wow, you guys are good. Acts 28, turn with me there, and we're going to look at the very last verses of that uh, chapter. Acts 28, looking at verse 30 and 31. Now, uh, it's talking about the Apostle Paul, and uh, he finds himself here in Rome, not by um, his own decision, but he was actually a, um, uh, uh, he was taken uh, captive, and um, as you might record, uh, recall the story, and he appealed to Caesar, and so to Caesar he went, and here he is in Rome, and he writes, we, we read the following about the Apostle Paul in the very last two verses of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 28, beginning in verse 30. And listen to what it says. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. It's interesting, when you look at, um, the, in the Greek language, the last word in the book of Acts is the word akolutos, and you know what it means? It means unhindered. So if you look at the original writing, um, the book of Acts was written uh, in the Greek language by Luke, which also wrote the Gospel of Luke, and the very last word that is, that is recorded there in the book of Acts, of course it's different in the English language, but in the original language, the last word is the word unhindered. Can you say that word for me? Unhindered. Unhindered. Isn't it interesting that we have the book of Acts, which is the story of the preaching of the gospel in the first century, and all stuff is going on. I mean, you go through these chapters, it's one of the most exciting stories that you can ever read. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. And, you know, you read about how um, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them in the upper room and how they go forth and they speak in different languages. Can you imagine? And everyone is hearing the gospel and the sick are being healed and churches are being raised and opposition comes. And, you know, Paul the apostle that once was the great persecutor of the church becomes the greatest apostle of the church. And uh, he goes forth into unentered territory. He gets beaten and, and all this stuff happens to him. But despite of all the opposition, the gospel goes forth, say it for me, unhindered. unhindered. It's, it's kind of the theme of the book of Acts, the unhindered gospel. And every time that the enemy thinks that he has got, uh, got, is able to hold back the gospel, 
something happens and God intervenes and what, what seemed to stop the gospel actually even empowers the gospel. You know, the, uh, the Apostle Paul is just this amazing guy, um, really through the, uh, moved by the Holy Spirit, used by the Holy Spirit. He was really unstoppable, you know. If you would say to Paul, if they would say to Paul, Paul, we're going to beat you, he would say, well, I do not consider the sufferings of this life to be compared with the glory to come. Is that a good answer? And, you know, if they would say to Paul, well, you know, um, we're going to kill you, he would say to die as Christ. If they would say, okay, we'll keep you alive, he would say, you know, what would he say? To live as Christ, right? So, so for him either to die, to die as gain, or to live as Christ, it didn't really matter. If they would say to him, well, we'll put you in the prison, he said, well, I'll sing and convert the guards. You know, there was no way to stop Paul in his preaching. It went forth, the gospel went forth unhindered. Now, this is interesting, that despite of the difficulties and especially when you come to the end of the book, it was a very, very challenging situation that Paul found himself in. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 28, you read how Paul is now a captive in Rome. In other words, he's not free to walk around. He's not free to go out into the marketplace as he did many times and just witness to the people there. He's not free to move into a city and to go into the synagogue and preach to the Jews and the Gentiles. He is now limited. As a matter of fact, he cannot leave his house. He is waiting for, um, for this trial before Nero, the, the, the great Caesar of those days, the great ruler of the Roman Empire. But while he is waiting in his house, in a home that was rented there in Rome, the Bible tells us that he preached the kingdom of God with confidence and that the gospel went forth unhindered. Isn't that powerful? What, what, what the enemy thought that this was the end of the story, but it wasn't. As a matter of fact, the last word in the book of Acts is the word unhindered, and here we are in 2013. Here we are at Fountain View Academy in Canada. This happened in, in, in Rome. How many of you were in Rome this summer, by the way? Wasn't that, a, wasn't that an amazing experience? To just see those sites and, 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 and to just, you know, understand a little bit more about that history. But just imagine, you know, this is the first century. This is, this is you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. This is 2,000 years ago, and here we are, and we can look back and we can see that despite of the, um, despite of the imprisonment of Paul, the apostle, that the gospel has gone forth unhindered ever since throughout the centuries, right up to 2013. And, you know, the promise was given in the beginning of the book of Acts that the gospel would go to the uttermost parts of the earth. I consider Canada kind of to be in that category. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? I mean, isn't this the uttermost parts of the earth? I mean, what else is there? Alaska. Oh, Alaska. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Anyone from Alaska here? Okay. You know, um, I was... <laughs> They're about to stand on their chairs. You know, I was, <laughs> last, last April, someone called, I, I got a call to do an evangelistic series in the north of Norway. And uh, so my wife and I were, we were flying in this plane to the north of Norway, and I, was, I had a window seat, and I was looking outside, and the only thing I could see was just ice and ice and snow. And I thought that, you know, are there any people to witness to where we're going? And eventually we land, and, and, and it looked really like the middle of, you know, well, the end of the world, and, uh, but we had a great time. And I thought to myself when we were 
you know, doing this series of meetings there in the north of Norway, I thought, what, what, what an amazing promise. I mean, here you have 2,000 years ago, Jesus says to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, you're going to go forth preaching in Judea and Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth, and that happened. Amen? And, and, and you sharing the gospel here in Canada, uh, sharing the gospel throughout the world, you're actually fulfilling that promise. Amen? The gospel would go forth unhindered. Now just turn one page over to Romans chapter 1. And I know I have limited time here, so we're just going to be basically just draw one lesson from Romans chapter 1 um, this evening. And it's going to be from verse 25. Romans chapter 1, verse 25 um, there is a lie that the enemy has succeeded in convincing people of that hinders them from experiencing the power of the gospel. And we're going to look at this one lie. Look at, look at Romans chapter 1, verse 25. Listen to what Paul says. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, now, and, and, and here, now he describes it, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. What Paul says is the gospel is being hindered because people are worshipping the creature rather than the creator. Now, how, let, let, let us try to unpack this just for a moment. How does this happen in um, society today? You know, when we think back of the original gifts that God gave to the human race in the very beginning, what were some of those gifts? Let's just, let's just pour, push the rewind button. Let's go all the way back 6,000 years to creation. When God created this world, what were some of the gifts that he gave to mankind in the beginning? Can, can you think of any? Life. What was that? Life. Okay, life itself, yes. Any other gifts, specific gifts? Freedom of choice, very good. Anything else? Like, like what, did, what did God say? They could, what, what were they to do? They, they could go out and they could... Uh, yeah, what they... <laughs> they could eat, right, of all the trees in the garden except for one. So, so obviously, food was a gift, right, to be, to be um, um, the pleasure of eating. Uh, God put, you know, uh, gave them taste buds. He put flavors into the food. He could have just given them a pill every day that would sustain them, but that's not what God did. He gave them the gift of good food, right? What else, what else were some of the gifts that we have there in the beginning in the Garden of Eden? What was that? Unlimited pets. Oh, pets. Unlimited pets. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. The fellowship with, with the animals. Um, the, what about the fellowship with each other? Remember, uh, Adam was given his helpmeet, Eve. So the fellowship, God was the first one, that, that God performed that first marriage. So the gift of marriage, the gift of food. What about even the gift of work? Now, we sometimes think about work as, you know, I don't know if I should consider that a gift, but it is really a gift from God. Uh, Adam was given uh, work in the garden, and it was a great and beautiful work. So just think about it for a moment. These are all gifts that are given from God for humanity to enjoy. Now think about that. What it says in the book of Romans is that the truth, um, um, the, the truth is going to be exchanged for a lie. And what is that lie? That they would worship the creature rather than the creator. What has happened is that humanity today wants to pursue the gifts of God, listen very carefully, without God himself. 
Now, now just think about it. Um, do you know anyone in this world that doesn't like, you know, good food? I mean, there, you, you might have friends that are not necessarily believers in God, but they like good food, right? And, and you might not have, um, uh, you might know people that are not believers in God, but they still want, uh, you know, good relationships, right? And, and they want good work. They, they, they like to, to use their bodies to accomplish things. It's interesting. What happens, and this kind of slips into Christianity as well, the enemy wants us to focus on the created rather than the creator. The created, when the created thing becomes an end in and of itself, we miss the purpose that God has for us. Think about it, for example, if, as, if we look um, at those, uh, those gifts that God has given to humanity, the gift of food, but when we exclude God from the picture, what happens is that original gift, when that is worshipped rather than the Creator is worshipped, and that receives our affections rather than God receives our affections, then what's going to happen is that that gift is going to be perverted. That gift is not going to be used in the framework in which it was given to be enjoyed by God. Do you understand where I'm going with this? The same with, for example, work. Work is a blessing, but what happens when you detach work from God and God is no longer in the picture and you actually your affections are now drawn to what you are accomplishing and what you are doing so that you can earn more money, so that you can make a career and no glory goes to God. And what happens to that work? It is perverted. It is no longer um, utilized in its original framework in which God had given it. And this applies to so many things, and this is what Paul is saying. The problem of humanity is they, they want the gifts, but they don't want the one that gave the gift. You know, they, want, they are worshiping the created rather than the creator. They are no longer recognizing the creator, and so they stop with the gift. But you know what happens? The gift is perverted. The gift is no longer, a, they are no longer able to, be, to, to truly enjoy that gift because it can only be fully enjoyed in the context of the acknowledgement and relationship with the Creator. And so the first thought that I really want to share with you this evening, as we look at our topic, what was our topic again? Do you remember? The unhindered gospel. Now, what is it that can hinder the gospel? What can hinder the gospel is when our focus is on the created and not on the Creator. When our focus ends with the created thing and we enjoy that gift, but we enjoy that gift outside of God, that is a hindrance to the gospel. The gospel is truly experienced when we experience the gifts of God, which is all those things that you mentioned, in the context of a creator. I mean, isn't it amazing? When you eat like your favorite meal, isn't it just amazing to just think to yourself, wow, thank you, God. Praise to God. I mean, God put the flavors in that food. God gave us taste buds. It is to God the glory for those things, amen? Or how about when, you, when you're really doing a job that you just love to do, a work that you love to do, that you can give glory to God for actually giving you the ability to do that work, amen? We will, we will experience the prospering of the gospel in our lives when we acknowledge the Creator in all that we do. And you know, when we don't, those things in and of themselves, they become idols. And we might not say that we're worshiping them, but in reality we are. 
As a matter of fact, my first time that I came to Canada was in 2011. And um, it's interesting because um, one of the gifts that God has given us is um, our, our physical bodies. And our physical bodies can be also be used. And it is an, it, it is, uh, an enjoyment to be able to, to run and to exercise. How many of you like to exercise? I love exercising. I travel a lot, but I always love to run. I love to exercise. But you know what happens? When God is out of the picture, what happens is that, that, that exercise becomes really all about self. And you see that in competitive sports, right? It's all about being the best. It's all about winning the game. In 2011, when I, first, when I, when I came to Canada for the first time, you know, uh, this was kind of a shocking arrival because we arrived in Vancouver. And as I was waiting in the custom lines, there was this big screen. And guess what was going on on that screen? An ice hockey game. And um, it was your, your, your Vancouver team. Sorry, I don't know who they are. Okay, thanks. And um, that was, and, and I'm waiting in line, and then it's my turn to come to the customs, a custom officer. He takes my passport, he looks at my passport, and he's almost more interested in the game than in the passport. And then he gives me my passport back, and you know what he says to me? He says, just be careful in town tonight because, uh, you know, our, our team lost, because the game was just over at that moment. And I thought to myself, well, they lost the game, so what? And uh, the, people that, the people that picked us up, they brought us to the hotel where we were staying. We walked in, and on the screen was live scenes from downtown Vancouver, police cars on fire. You know, you remember the riots in Vancouver? I thought to myself, an ice hockey game? I mean, what's going on? The city is being destroyed. I mean, you're, you know, Vancouver, the capital. Or no, that's not the capital, is it? No. But it's, it's one of your largest cities. What is the capital of Canada? Exactly. Oh, now there's, 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 there's uncertainty here. <laughs> Come on, what's your capital? There you go. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, here, Vancouver is, is, is being destroyed because of an ice hockey game that is lost? What has happened? What has happened? The gift of using your physical body, of exercising, has been perverted because God is no longer in the picture and now it's all about self, right? You see that, how that happens? And, how, and this slips in also so easily into our Christian lives. It is so important for us, friends, to come back to the pure gospel of Christ. And in the pure gospel of Christ, First and foremost is an acknowledgement of the Creator in all things, whether it be in the gift of eating food, the gift of work, the gift of using our bodies, whatever gift that God has given to us, we must acknowledge the Creator because in acknowledging the Creator, we will have a framework in which we can truly enjoy that gift. Does that make sense? So that the gospel can go forth unhindered. I see our time is already up. Time goes so quick. But we're going to continue our time together tomorrow evening, or at least on this topic in the book of Romans. And tomorrow morning, we're going to look at um, the topic of prayer. And I just look forward to this week because I know that God has an amazing blessing in store for each one of us. And the blessing, again, as I said earlier, does not depend on me, and it doesn't depend on you, but it depends on our Heavenly Father, and in Him we trust. Amen? We trust that He wants to do a work in our lives. 
And so why don't we, um, uh, as, as far as we can here, let's just kneel together to have a word of prayer um, as we close our evening together. Father in heaven, I want to thank you that we can come to you this evening. I want to thank you for this week of prayer that has begun. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan for each of our lives and that you reveal that to us through your Holy Spirit and through your word. And as we come to you, Lord, I want to pray that you will guide us throughout this week, that as we study together, that your word may come alive, that it may shape us and mold us and fashion us into your image. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to acknowledge you and to enter into a relationship with you. May we be your sons and daughters. And I pray that we may acknowledge you in all things in our life, whether we eat or drink and whatsoever we do, may we do it to your glory. May the gospel be unhindered in our lives. May we experience you to the deepest level. And I just pray that you will guide us throughout this week and that you'll prepare our hearts for what you have in store for us. Thank you for being with us this evening. And we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.